what faith had done. But how can you be confident in something that you can't see? And is it even smart to do so? We can't see God, but that doesn't mean that we don't see evidence of him all around us. For example, I know gravity exists, and I can't see it, but I know that if I drop this, it's going to fall. The author of Hebrews in verse 3 uses creation as this example. We weren't around when God spoke the universe into existence, and we, can't see, we didn't see it happen. We don't know all the details. We don't have a video of him creating it, but we have the evidence of our creator by looking at his creation outside and of us. So when we talk about having faith, we're not talking about making these guesses like in science about a hypothesis. We're talking about trusting God based on evidence. And so there's going to be a spectrum of you here. In this room, there are people over here who are like, trust God, I've seen no evidence, and I don't trust. That is okay to be here, okay? There's going to be people over here who say, I've seen the evidence, I completely trust him, and I walk with him every day. And then there's people all in between. And no matter if you were here or if you were here or here, that is okay. And Eric, after this, is going to be so proud of me. You need to go like this. Everyone. We are going to take an oath. Do you know what an oath is? Yes. Everyone in this room agrees on this thing. And this is what the oath is. Repeat after me. I can speak freely, I can speak freely. and openly about my life and faith, and faith. Without, judgment without judgment on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, though which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed this huge ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness that becomes faith. So the author of Hebrews goes on to tell us that the, evident, that the readers, that there's evidence that God is worth, worthy of our trust. And the evidence that he gives us isn't like a science experiment or a, like a mathematical equation. It's a long line of history in the Old Testament who have had faith in God and saw God come through. So the rest of the Hebrews of this chapter is 8 through 22, and it's all about Abraham, how he trusted God, how he put Isaac um, on an altar, and all the things of his faith. It's all like 20 verses of just him. But verse 6, I think, gives us another clue of what faith means. It says, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards who seeks him. He has our best interest in mind. All of these people that are in, this, in Hebrews here that they're talking about, they didn't only just say, yeah, I believe in Yahweh. 
They actually lived it out. They put their faith into action. They believed Noah didn't, he was made fun of for building this huge ark. People were ridiculing him like crazy man. And he, in faith, built this ark, even though he didn't know what the outcome would be, but he knew that God had his best interest in mind. So these people, they worshiped God. They made sacrifices for God. They obeyed God even when they weren't sure it made sense. They took risks when God asked them to. They walked away from their old lives to follow God to their new ones. And they stuck to him, close to him for their entire lives. So Hebrews is looking back and celebrating these people, not because they were perfect or got it right, but because they believed and hoped for what God said he was going to do. They turned their belief into action. They put their trust in God based on the evidence that they saw about them. So I think we're getting closer to a definition, but we're going to go to another book in the Bible, and it's called James. So everyone else that we've talked about, they didn't even get to see Jesus. But James was Jesus' brother. He lived with them. He followed him. He learned from him. And then after Jesus died, he rose again, he left earth, and James was one of the leaders that the early church, he helped those people follow God. And so like the author of Hebrews, James seemed to be on a mission to help Jesus' followers see that their faith wasn't just a head thing, but it was also an action. And so James 1, says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. I feel like James just basically did a mic drop. It's fine, he's saying, it's fine if you want to hear what God has to say, but that's not the end. To follow him, you actually have to do what he tells you to do. That's what faith looks like. It's not just this head thing, and it might start as this little belief or this feeling that you can't describe or a decision, but that can't be the end of your faith. If your beliefs about God have not turned into a life of following him, your experiment is not complete. Action is required. And I don't know if the stories, if one of the ways that we know what God does and we see the evidence of what God's done is through what Hebrews did. They went through the stories of people who have shown evidence of God. And I know that you have heard pieces of my story, but... And I know that my story probably won't end up in Hebrews, but I'm going to tell you a bit of my faith story. My faith started in Trinity Lutheran Church. I went there from preschool till eighth grade. I was with the same 25 kids. I did my catechism, I did my confirmation, I could recite the creeds. I had all this head knowledge about who Jesus was. In eighth grade, I got antsy. Real antsy. I couldn't wait to get out of there. So my best friend went to the public school, and I only lived a half a block away from school. So every day I would get on the bus. I would ride the bus all the way to the public school, even though I lived a half a block away. I would meet my best friend, Shannon, and we would walk home across town together. 
So I was real excited in ninth grade because ninth grade, I was gonna get to be with my bestie, and ninth grade happened, it was great, and then 10th grade tragedy struck. My best friend, who I couldn't wait to be with, was killed in a car accident. She was killed and left me behind, her mom behind, and her one-year-old son behind. And at that point, my idea of God got real dark and real ugly real fast. The questions that I asked is, how could God do this? I thought you were good. I thought you loved me, and why would you take my friend? And anger and loneliness and confusion took over, and I did whatever it took to not feel those things. And so the best thing that I could come up with at the time was alcohol and drugs. And at the time where I lived, it was easier for me. Alcohol had its age limit on it. I had to be 21. I had to find someone who was 21. But it was way easier for me to find drugs because you didn't even have an age limit on it. And so I started using drugs every single day. I would use in the bathroom, I would do all the things, and we can get into all those stories another time. But I did whatever it took for me to not feel the pain. And then my self-destruction ended. And it ended one night, and I was 18 years old, so I have been using for about two years. And I'm in a hotel room with my boyfriend at the time, because I'm a senior in high school, and my hotel room gets raided. And I go to jail on my mom's birthday. So I have to call my mom and say, Mom, I can't come to family dinner because I'm in jail. And as I sat there, I cannot describe to you the feeling I had, but I knew at that moment that I was at a crossroads. I could either go down this path and I would end up in jail, dead, like many of my friends who stayed on that path, or I could make it this decision. And it took me a good year to stop using drugs and to go down this other path, and I don't even know why. But looking back, I know that that thing that I was feeling, this bigger purpose in me, was God. And so I continued on, I, went, I graduated high school, I did some college classes, and I had this group of friends and I would ask them all the questions about God. I would be like, why, if God, if there's a person in the jungle and they never hear about God, are they saved? And they're like, oh my gosh, Amanda, your questions are too big for me. And I would read these books, The Case for Faith and The Case for Christ, and I just would figure out what does this mean? What is this God thing? And God knew what he was doing because he put my friends, the people who had watched me destruct my life, they still wanted to be my friend. And I was getting ready to leave for AmeriCorps and this thing where you go off for 10 months and you do service work. And my friend Gina's like, Amanda, you need to go see my aunt and uncle. And I was like, oh, here it goes. Because I had watched all my girlfriends, who are all believers now, talk about God, go to this people's house who do church in their house. It's so weird. And I'm like, oh, fine, I'll go. And I remember sitting with them, and they didn't know anything about me. And they talked to me about all of the things that I was carrying and that I didn't have to carry anymore. And they knew things about me that I was like, Gina, why did you tell them? And she's like, I didn't. And they prayed with me and they explained to me that God wanted to take the backpack and I could have a relationship with him. 
And so I made that decision. I took a leap of faith that day, and I didn't know where it would end. I didn't know what I was agreeing to, but I knew that I left there in this peace and this calmness that I cannot describe to you. And some days I wish I could have again because it was just like all the weight of the world was taken from me. And since I began that relationship, there's been baby steps, you guys, of 21 years of, okay, I trust you. I don't know what this means, God, but okay, I see you. Okay, I hear you. I'll take another step. Oh, I fell off the path. Even I fall off the path today. And, but it's all about making these little steps of faith into action. And so faith is the catalyst for action. What action do you think God might be inviting you to take today? Maybe you're new and you still need more evidence about Jesus. That is okay. Maybe you've gone to church forever and your beliefs haven't really made that much of a difference in your life. That is okay. And maybe you're one of those people who are following Jesus and you're just looking for that next step to take in your relationship with him. That is okay. No matter where you are in this whole spectrum we talked about, there are three steps any one of you can take tonight. And number one is you're going to collect evidence, just like you were in science class. And you may not always get the evidence that you wished you had to trust God, but what evidence do you already have that God can be trusted? Maybe you need to be reminded of why you even said yes to Jesus in the first place and why you even showed up here tonight. And so these places is where you could find it and you could look for him and evidence of him, the pages of the scripture, your own experiences with God, because he is working, you just have to listen. Or the stories and the writings of people like me or like people in Hebrews that have followed God. Or your leaders, they all have a story to tell of why and how they knew, began their relationship. Number two is hear what God says. And when you believe that God can be trusted, following him is so much easier. But if you don't know what he's asking you to do, you can't follow. So if you're not reading or hearing God's word through scripture, today is a great day to start listening because there's an app and we're going to talk about the Bible reading plan. Number three, do what God says. So like James says, it's not enough to just hear it and go, yep, I got it. That's what I did until I was in eighth grade. I was like, yeah, I got it. But now I actually know it in my head and in my heart. And so what would it look like for you to turn your faith into action this week? Do you need to make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time? Do you need to grow your trust by spending more time with God on your own? Do you need to take God's word more seriously by loving someone that is difficult? because we all have difficult people in our lives. Or do you need to do something that God wants you to do, even though it's real uncomfortable? James 1.22 is our reminder that faith requires action. And so I hope that you know that growing in your faith is just one baby step, and those baby steps lead to big steps. So, 
There's these things in the back that say James, they have 122 on it, and it says, what are you going to do? In your groups, I would like you to take them and decide what are you gonna do. One thing I did is I set my timer for 122, so when it goes off, I have to remember that I'm gonna do the thing this week that I don't want to maybe do to put my faith into action because faith is the catalyst for action. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person in this room and Lord, I pray that you would help us to have open and honest conversation, that your voice would be the loudest voice we hear this evening in this um, discussion and Lord, that we would just take baby steps, that you would break down all the uncomfortableness and all the things that keep us in our comfort zone so that we can take a baby step for you and figure out what that is, what you were asking us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't think this thing works. They told me not to shake it. It's like one of those water timers. If you shake a lot, it just turns really bubbly. It's true. You actually do have to add the oil first, otherwise. That's what they told me to do. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna try.